This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and in this special episode, I'll be talking to Dan Bird, who is a Birmingham City supporter. He's on to give us the opposition view with this match between Fulham and Birmingham City. We have much to discuss and learn about Birmingham City from our guests, but before I do anything else, I have to welcome him to the show. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Russ. How's it going? It's going great, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this with me. It's not a problem. All right, well, let's get into this because I've been doing a little research myself, trying to get myself ready for this upcoming match. It's huge for both teams, and uh, hopefully I can learn from you a little bit more about Birmingham City and, of course, our supporters will as well because they'll be listening. So let's start here. Let's talk about the season so far for Birmingham City. You're currently 20th with 43 points, just two points away from the relegation zone. Lots happened this season for Birmingham City. Just give me an overall view of it. Um, this year you have to kind of split it into three sections. You have the debacle with Harry Redknapp at the beginning, with the dreaded transfer window, panicking on deadline day, signing everybody from Brentford. And then you went on and sacked Harry Redknapp, but instead Cottrell, who, although was a good coach last season and kept us up with the three games towards the end, didn't really have it. No man management, he didn't really understand how to communicate with the press or anything like that. He alienated the fan base to a point where the whole place was toxic. We lost eight in a row and it all just fell apart. And then we brought in Gary Monk, who has proved an upturn in our form, which has put us in a position where we control our own fate this weekend and hopefully can save ourselves for the third time in four years. Wow. It's been a tough time for Birmingham City. And uh, let me ask you this. You and I were talking about this off air. I think this is a good time to bring up Gary Rowett. I remember Gary Rowett as your manager. and I thought he did a very good job. So I go back to that moment when Gary Rowett left the club 
that to me, everything changed at that point. Do you go to that point as being a turning point in a negative way for Birmingham City, or, or was there another time where you saw the downslide for your club, unfortunately? I personally do, although it's kind of split with Birmingham fans that some think that he was trying to look at other clubs and move on, where he never actually wanted to move on, in my opinion. He was just looking at other avenues in case the Birmingham thing didn't work out, which it was. We were sixth in the division. Everything was going great. And then the owners, who had just come in a month prior to Gary Rowett's uh, departure, they call it mutual termination, which it wasn't, um, they wanted to put their own stamp on the club and enforce some sort of power, which allowed Gary Rowett to be pushed out the door and Gianfranco Zola bought in, which, as we all know, was a disaster and a proven disaster. Yeah, I was going to say it didn't get any better. And then, unfortunately, it really hasn't from that point on. And we're going to talk about Gary Monk in just a second. But let's now, let's transition. Let's talk about what's been happening lately. You're in the situation that you are, like you said, you do uh, have a say in what happens to uh, Birmingham City this weekend with relegation. So, But let's talk about the results lately. You have one win, one draw, and three losses. So let's talk about your recent form. What have you noticed? A lot of it, you have to break into home and away. Okay. At home, we seem to have a backbone, and we're defensively solid. And we picked up a win and a draw against Burton and Sheffield United. Yep. The Sheffield United result was particularly impressive because it went 1-0 down in the first five minutes. And if you'd have seen the game the week before, where we capitulated against Wolves and didn't show anything, um, you'd have thought, this is it. This is another loss against a, a team pushing for the playoffs. Monk solidified the midfield in that game and pulled back Lukas Jukovic, who is a forward player but has some defensive stature. And we've shored at the midfield and got back in the game and then went on to win 2-1, a good half, a second-half performance. But away from home against QPR and Bristol City, we've not really shown the same spirit, if you like, the same... Right. Uh, as their backbone in the team where they're not going to score and they're not going to beat us because we went 2-0 down against Bristol City, came back and got a goal back, but meant really nothing. And then we went ahead against QPR and then gave the lead back after 30 seconds, gave the equaliser back in 30 seconds and went on to lose that one 2-1, 3-1, sorry. And just at home, we seem to be able to hold on to leads and gain them, whereas away from home, we either concede first and lose heavily, or we score first, and we don't seem to be able to hang on to it. Okay, very interesting. And that's going to lead me to talk to you about Gary Monk, because we're talking about recent form, and also he's come in for a little bit. And uh, he's a manager that I rate, Dan. So I want to get your overall thoughts on him so far with Birmingham City. Is he putting his stamp on your club? Do you see him potentially the manager Moving forward, I'm curious your thoughts on, on him so far. I do, yes. Um, we see a bit more of a possession-based thing with Gary Monk, more than the, the previous two managers, Redknapp and Cottrell, where we weren't defensively solid and we played direct football, which doesn't work. If you can't be good at the back, you can't play direct football because you keep giving the, the, the other team the ball back a lot of the time. Whereas with Gary Monk, his philosophy is we have the ball, they can't score. Yep. The other team can't score if we have the ball. And uh, when you're down the bottom, it can sometimes be a scary thing for a fan base because you think 
you know, we're not good enough. Keep the ball for long periods of the of the game because, as the table shows, we're not the best one of the best teams in the league. It's gone to show at home where it does work. We sustain pressure and attacks because the way we Monk plays is we get the wide players really high up the pitch, try and blockade the the defensive back four in, and then bring the fullbacks and centre midfielders in to create a wall where we win every second and third ball try and maintain pressure on the opposition's back four rather than we have an attack and they clear it so it's a better system and you can see a a plan more than you could with the other two managers okay excellent so you see a transition from one style to a possession-based style and uh let's inform them all about that with Slavisky Jokanovic so I think that's very interesting that you talked about that we'll be talking about what could potentially be a game plan for uh, for Monk moving forward in just a bit, but let's um let's talk about the match earlier in the season again. It's it's a different manager, so can we learn anything from uh, from the first time the teams played, or is that something we just need to throw out? Fulham are definitely different. Birmingham City seem to be pretty different as well. So I was going to say Fulham are a lot different than what we saw in December because you've gone on an unbeaten run of twenty six games. I think since then or during that spell. And you've evolved the way you play, in my opinion, but from Kanovic going to more possession-based and trying to keep the ball in the opposition's half and not allow them to get out and sustain pressure the same way Monk does, but obviously with a better crop of players. Um, and obviously Birmingham have changed manager and philosophy, but the squad's the same. We had no additions in the January transfer window. So a lot of the players you'll be seeing on Sunday were the players you saw in December, but they play in a slightly different way than they did then. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right, let's let's move on, and uh, let's look at strengths and weaknesses of Birmingham City. And what I always like to do, Dan, is uh, I like to go to whoscore.com, read off what they say about your club, and see if they match up. Now, maybe some of these characteristics might have been swayed throughout the – current full season, but I'm just going to read and let's see if they reign true to you. Let's start with strengths. This is what who scores has to say about Birmingham city. Very strong aerial duels, strong yes. at creating chances through individual skill, defending set pieces and protecting the lead. They have your weaknesses is keeping possession of the ball, defending against long shots, defending against skillful players, avoiding individual errors and very weak at finishing scoring chances. Now, they list your style of play as take long shots, long balls, attempt crosses often, attack through the middle, take a lot of shots, consistent first 11. Now, I'm reading this for the first time while we're doing this. This does not sound like Gary Monk's type of team. Are many of these characteristics outdated? I believe so. I believe they're going on a whole season with that philosophy. I don't understand Cotter and Harry Redknapp. I 100% agree. That is how we played. A lot of direct football, a lot of long shots, and not a clear plan of what we wanted to do. But in Monk's games so far, it's not been that way. Okay. We are, we are still quite direct, and we do attack through the middle. The way we deploy our wide players now is slightly different, where under Steve Cottrell, they were really narrow. And we compacted the pitch within the 18-yard box. 
width of the 18-yard box. Whereas now we have Hotter and Magoma sat really wide. Yep. Trying to do what Pep Guardiola does with his wide players, in a way, which have them sit right on the on the line, on the byline, stopping or creating width for the midfield players to interchange with the strikers. But I think the whoscored.com is it's slightly outdated and sure. an overview of the whole season, to be honest. Well, let me ask you, under Monk, where do you see the strengths of your team? And then we'll talk about the weaknesses. I think a strength under Monk has been our back two. Morrison and Dean, well, obviously Dean got red carded against Wolves. A stupid back pass by Morrison, but with those two together, we look pretty solid defensively. We do win a lot of aerial aerial duels, which is going to be important against Mitrovic on Sunday. Um, and also Jack Magoma is, in my opinion, our biggest strength when we play in a counter-attacking style. It's what we're going to have to do against Fulham because of the amount you retain the ball. We're not going to have it that much. We're going to have to use Jack Magoma and keep him quite high up the pitch to allow his pace to get behind Ryan Fredericks, who, of course, likes to get forward a lot. Right. And try and get behind Ryan Fredericks with Jack Magoma. is a strength for me. Okay. As well as Hotter, obviously, being the creative creative force we have. Okay, excellent. And where do you see your weaknesses under Monk? Because we're just going to talk about what's been going on recently. I mean, with the system we play, we play a 4 4 one, one where we kind of expose the, the the midfield two a lot. And we ask the midfield two to do a lot of the hard work and the winning the ball back. Where against Fulham, again, they keep the ball a lot. And you play with a midfield three. We do. So you will always have that extra man unless we bring one of the forwards back into the midfield, which is what we did against Sheffield United. But if we don't bring one of the forward players back in, you will have an extra man all the time. Right. Which, in the possession style you play with the three in midfield playing a triangle, it will really put the midfield two under a lot of strain, which it has done in previous games where we've been a little bit stretched, and that's where we've conceded our goals. Okay, very good, because uh, glad that you talked about that. A huge strength of Fulham happens to be the midfield three, McDonald, Kearney, and Johansson, and uh, because everything... Really, at that point, starts with them, and then it builds from that point on. They can really control the match, like you said, possession, football. And Kevin McDonald is more than just a defensive midfielder. He can yeah, distribute agreed. as well. Uh, he protects them great, but he's also someone that can be offensive going forward. So he is a huge help. He's he's really a complete player. I yeah. He was my player of the season last season. So that's a player for your side that you need to be concerned about. You've talked about some other players, and we'll talk about players that you're concerned about in just a bit. But let's, let's now talk about, because we, we've been talking a little bit about this strategy. I want to know what you think will be Gary Monk's strategy. We're talking about the formations. We'll be talking about some of the players just a bit. You said that your team is completely different at St. Andrews compared to on the road. So mm-hmm. what do you think will be Monk's strategy against Full? Um, a lot of it will be trying not to get beat. Um, okay. Against Wolves, we did a similar thing where we tried to block up the game and stop Wolves from having the possession that they like to have, which is similar to Fulham, where they create spaces and use the ball in the opposition's half. Um, So we're going to try and, of course, a draw is good enough for Blues in the 
99% of the scenarios on Sunday. So I believe that Monk will try and play for the draw. But if Fulham do go ahead, the most important thing will be to keep it a 1-0. Because then we'll have to track other results that are going on. And if the, the teams below us are losing, it won't really matter what happens at St Andrews. As long as it stays 1-0. Right. So we can keep it within touching distance to keep every result in play for us for as long as possible. So that if we are two or three nil down, we're not in the hands of Derby and Brentford and Preston who are playing the teams below us. Right. Not stuck in their hands. We have an ability to get a goal and get a draw, which will keep us up in most scenarios. Sure. Okay, excellent there, my friend. All right. Let's now focus on players that Fulham should be concerned about. I've watched a good amount of video, and I remember these players anyways. And uh, the ones that stand out to me are Magoma. You've already mentioned him, and, of course, Hota. The highlights I watched, and I watched a decent amount, it was all about the two of them. They were everywhere. And why, like you mentioned, you've already talked about how Monk has been using him. But I want to talk about a player as well. I'm curious if you see him as a key player. You were talking about your midfield too, your central midfield too. I see this player as key for you, and if I'm saying it wrong, I apologize. Is it Kieftenbelt? Got it absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, Michael Kieftenbelt has been the most consistent performer for Blues for about two years now. Through all the, the bad periods, performance hasn't really slipped. He's important for breaking up the game, stopping opposition midfielders from having the ball which is doubly crucial against Fulham with the way they hold the ball in that midfield three area. Of course, it's just the two in there for Birmingham, most likely. So he does the job of two men, really, in that yeah. midfield. Um, and he's the destroyer that breaks up the game. And there's a funny story with Keaton Bell. He was going to join Rowett in the summer with Derby. And at the 11th hour, he was about to sign his deal with Derby. And he signed his paperwork. And they filed it in at two minutes past 11. I remember this. Yep. Which is past the deadline. So he's a player that Harry Redknapp didn't even want at the club. <laughs> which is the most ridiculous thing that Redknapp was, uh, like, was going to get him for like a million pounds. Wow. Or something stupid. Which in today's money is nothing. It's sure. Handing the player to him. And if it wasn't for him signing at two minutes past 11... <laughs> He wouldn't have had him this season, and it would have been completely different. And he's been vital to you, correct? He has, 100%. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm glad that you shared that story with me, Dan. All right. Let's now let's talk about players that uh, concern you for form. We've talked a little bit about the midfield three. I'll just mention, because you, you were talking about your center-back pairing, and I, I think you have to figure out a way to keep Mitrovic quiet. I, th- I th- think that's a player you need to look out for. But I'm curious, from your perspective, what players concern you? I mean, I have Mitrovic written down here. Also, Ryan Fredericks, the right fullback for Fulham, is completely opens up the game for Fulham on their right-hand side because he's really a winger, in my opinion, out there. He's also quite tall and can defend. But his crosses into the box for Mitrovic, what we need to be able to defend, defend well. Ryan Fredericks is a player that I know people talk about assessing on on the other side. He is the apple of the media's eye in the UK. I think Fredericks does just as good of a job, if not better, on the right-hand side of your 
defence slash wing back area. And it also allows your actual wide players to get narrow and support Mitrovic and get into the penalty area. Yep. When you have sustained pressure around our eighteen yard box, which is what we have to avoid. Right. Because Birmingham are good at defend defending one attack. We defend the attack and then we clear it and regroup. If we get stretched having to defend two or three or four in a short amount of time without the ball going out of play or clearing it, that's where we struggle. I see. Positions so, get lost. So it's a sustained attack where you become vulnerable. Exactly, yeah. Okay. It's true of a lot of teams, to be honest. Yeah. But doubly so with us because uh, our back four is quite tall and defensively solid in the air. Three of our back four are over six feet, which allows us to be able to deal with a lot of the aerial pro- aerial problems that teams throw at us. But they're not the most mobile to be able to shift left and right as the attack is sustained. Okay, very interesting. Let me just throw out a name that, of course, you're going to know, and it's Ryan Sessignon. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because we're talking about sustained attacks, I'll also talk about, if say, and this has happened a few times, Mitrovic takes a shot, look for... Ryan Sessignon to go right there to get the rebound. He scored two goals that way. So he's someone that has a nose for the goal, and he's always around the box. If he's around the box, he's looking to to do something dangerous and potentially score a goal or set up a teammate. So he's a player in these, say, sustained attacks or even just one attack, a shot from Mitrovic. Look out for Ryan Sessignon, and he can be quiet for a good part of the game. And then next thing you know, he scores a goal or he sets up a goal. Uh, that's just the way he is. He's uh, he, he know, uh, 17 years old. It's amazing how well he knows the game already. And uh, he just has these instincts. So just wanted to throw that in for you, Dan. All right. Let's now talk about Savisa because uh, we've talked about Monk. If you were Savisa Jokanovic, I'm going to put you in the shoes of the manager. I do this each and every time we do these views of the opposition fans. I, I don't think love that I put them in the shoes of the opposition manager, but it'll just give me an idea to uh, tell the fans, if you're Silvisa, how do you beat Birmingham City? So I'm curious, through your eyes, how would you do it if you were full? I get the fullbacks involved heavily. I keep them really high up the pitch and involved in the attack at all times. Because as well as Magoma and Hotta being good going forward, they don't generally track back too well. That's been a, a problem with us. That could be a problem against Fall. Yeah, because they don't generally get back and help the fullbacks that much. Because, of course, they're trying to play on the counter-attack with the pace of Magoma and Jota. But if Fulham can keep the fullbacks high up the pitch and keep a, a two-on-one on our fullbacks, that is key for Fulham. Because then they can expose Grounds and Maxime Collin on either side, who are good defensively, but probably aren't going to do it against two wingers with right. the way Fulham play, in my opinion, where they have two wide players playing the fullbacks, Ryan Sessegnon and Fredericks, yeah. are just as good going forward as they are defensively. And if you're going against two wingers as a fullback, you're never going to be able to compete for 90 minutes. Um, and you're also keeping us pinned in our and in our third is important. Like I said, Sustained attacks against us are crucial. Right. We're good at keeping teams at bay with when they have a singular attack. And we can clear the sustained pressure of 
you know, five, ten minutes of teams being in our third for a long lot of that is just gonna force our defence to crumble. It's right. susceptible to crumbling. Oh, it's very interesting that you're talking about Fredericks and Sessignon, and uh, I'll just share this with, with you, Dan. Ryan Sessignon has played a, a good amount of the season now up front in, in the uh, three up front. Mm-hmm. and uh, But he does play left back. He has played left back. He actually, in the last match, Matt Target went off and he went back to left back. But for me, he's more effective up front because of uh, his uh, nose for the goal. He's so dangerous that way. But he can play left back. But what's interesting, if it is, say, Target and Session, they work very well together down the left. And on the right, that's what's interesting. You have Fredericks as your right back who really can go up and down. He has incredible pace. He can do that. The position, the right side of that three is going to be interesting. It's been Piazon. Uh, it has rotated a little bit. So that's that's something that to look out for, who's going to be on the right It'll probably. I'm going to say it's probably going to be Piazon, but it might be someone else. It you know it could end up being uh, you know he actually tinkered with having uh, Abubakar Kamara play that role, yeah. who's a striker. So he's tried many players at that position, and, and it's kind of been a little bit of rotation trying to find the right fit there. But yeah, down both sides is is where Fulham can be very dangerous, and then of course we have the midfield three and Mitrovic. So the attack is uh, pretty formidable. All right, my friend, let's now uh, get your prediction for your starting 11 before you get your prediction for the match. So we'll have a normal goalkeeper Stockdale in goal. Let me ask you, let me ask you before you go any further, Stockdale, former foam player, how has he worked out? Uh, Because I go to the games a lot and I'm watching it in the stadium, you get to just look at the keeper a lot when the ball's gone out of play or the ball's not doing very much in the opposition have it. He doesn't seem very switched on to me. He's, he seems to lose interest in the game. You see most goalkeepers are running up and down and stretching and the like. You don't see a lot of that from Stockdale. And it can lead to sloppy and really silly mistakes. Yeah. The one thing he is good at is wasting time. <laughs> he has perfected the art of time wasting. Okay. Uh, you know when a keeper makes a save and they fall on the floor, they get straight sure. back up, right? <laughs> he lays there for a good 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Especially if you're in the lead. It could be a minute yeah. he's on the okay. floor. It's very ball. interesting. I would say this, you know, you know, whenever I've seen Fulham play against Stockdale, he's actually been a pretty good shot stopper. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more the coming for crosses and corners where I worry. Okay. Seems to, he seems to flap at things a lot. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm glad you uh, shared that with us. Please go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you with the rest of your starting 11. We have Maxime Collingett right back. Michael Morrison. Dean Grounds make up the back four. Davis and Keaton Bell should be the midfield pairing. Although Keaton Bell didn't play against QPR on Saturday. Played Undoy in there, who's a big, tall central midfield player. You have Jotha and Magoma on either side, and then Adams and Yukovic up front is my prediction. Okay. Although we could, although we could take out Adams and bring in a third midfield player to combat Fulham if Monk deems it that we need the extra right. solidity in midfield. Okay, very interesting. That's a, a good point. I was gonna, I was thinking about asking you that. Could you see him changing the formation to try to combat the midfield three? And you just gave 
an indication that if he wants to, he can do that. All right, very good. All right, my friend, let's end with your prediction. Um, I can see you taking an early lead because we've given up a lot of early leads this season. Um, and then it's all about the other results for me of how the game goes then. If we're in trouble and we need to get a point or we need to win the game, I can see us throwing everything at you, which will allow you to hit us on the break with your tremendous pace you have throughout the team. Or the other way, if Cardiff are losing or drawing, can't see you throwing away a lead, to be honest. Depending on the result from, from Wales, it wouldn't shock me if you came and beat us 2 or 3 nil. Okay. depending on the result above you. Or the other way around, if they're winning 2 or 3 nil, Fulham team might not lose interest, but know that. In, in the back of their mind, think we're in the playoffs now. And have one eye on that game. Wow, very interesting. So, um, do you want to give just a, a general prediction? 2-1 Fulham. 2-1 Fulham, okay. Dan, listen, before we go, uh, thank you so, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. You were excellent, my friend. No problem. Okay. A couple things before we do wrap this up. Uh, you and I were talking off air, and I want to mention this one more time. We're recording this just as uh, the Fulham to Birmingham walk began. This is uh, Thursday, and uh, I want to wish everyone all the best. They are doing this for common. Dan, you Great. mentioned uh, you wanted you mentioned to me that that uh, Birmingham City supporters are doing this as well. Yeah, I believe there's a, there's a few Birmingham City supporters there doing it also, and it's a fantastic cause. I think they've raised over ten thousand pounds already for the cause, and it's an amazing thing they're doing. One hundred and thirteen miles is a long way. It is to walk into in a bit days. It's uh, unbelievable, and I give so much uh, respect to all of these people. They deserve it for what they're doing. They're doing it for such a great cause, and uh, I wish them all the best on their journey to uh, St. Andrews, uh, all of them, and uh, just all the best. Uh, you are doing something very good for so many people by doing this. You're creating awareness of calm and obviously raising money as well. Uh, people will donate from this, uh, from what you're doing. Uh, it is just an incredible cause, and I, I, I can't say more more wonderful things about the people that are doing this. You're all an inspiration to me. All right, Dan, uh, before we go, can you just tell people how they can follow you on Twitter? People might want to follow you. DanielBird01 is my Twitter handle, and look out for – I'll be starting a website here pretty soon. Oh, great. About, about all sports, really. It's my opinion on most sports, the NFL, the NBA, MLB, uh, English football. So – yeah, it's coming in the near future. So, All right. Well, again, thank you for sharing that. Uh, and uh, please be on the lookout for that. And definitely give Dan a follow. He is uh, a wonderful guy, and uh, I can't thank him enough for joining me. But let's wrap this up. For Dan Bird, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cardiff Stock. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. 
and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.